0: Happy St. Patrick's Day. It's not St. Patrick's Day yet, but it's the Irish NFL show. It's St. Patrick's Day week. Uh, Welcome to everyone around the world watching. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary. To kick it off, is there anything more Irish than Jeff Rheingold in (laughs) Hawaii? Happy St. Patrick's Day, Jeff. How's the form? Hey,
1: I tell you, I am sitting in the Hilo Town Tavern, and I am saluting you guys on Happy St. Patrick's Day. I know it ain't the day. But every day St. Patrick's Day with two Irish characters. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeff, I, I love how how you've like you were you were over with us. We had a great time here in Dublin. Um, but you I, I can see you've enjoying the sunshine, enjoying being back in the, the surf in uh, at, back home. Um, I, I, I'm wondering, are you enjoying the the arms race that's taking part, place in the AFC West? We have, we've got Russell Wilson, we've got Khalil Mack. This is the most stacked division in football. I, I'm gonna tell you something now. How about the
1: quarterback playing that division alone? Right? I mean, when you when you think David Carr might be the like. Bottom end of the quarterback barrel in your division, I'd say you've got a pretty strong division. And it's going to be every week in that league, in the interdivisional play, is going to be dogfights. And now, Khalil Mack, you know, to line up across, you know, and Bosa and Mack on coming off the edge, you better, you know, you better find some tackles quick to protect that quarterback.
2: Jeff, I'd imagine the Chargers saw what's happened this week and said, we better go get a player that can go after these quarterbacks in the division. Because, Mark, uh, I
1: think, it's- Mark, I think you're exactly right. That is, you know, what's going to happen now. You watch how the draft works, too. There's going to be a premium on edge rushers. There's going to be premium on guys that can push it from inside. And, you know, here here's the thing that is kind of a recognized thing. Uh, belief in in, uh, coaching that the rush helps the back end way more than the back end helps the rush. And what I mean by that is you can have, you know, all great DBs that can cover and play man, but they don't help the rush as much as guys that can get to the quarterback quickly help the back end. So, you know, This is a deep edge class in the draft, and you know we we study the draft every week on Coffee with Coach, and you know it's it's going to be an opportunity for some of these teams now to you know bolster their pass rush because they're going to have to because when you got Mahomes one week and then you got Carr and then you got Russell Wilson and then you got Herbert, you ain't no weeks off this week in that division.
0: Jeffrey, uh, Green Bay, London. I know Neil's excited. I listened to your podcast yesterday. These are very excited. You got to get over here for that. You know you have to get over here for that. Come on.
1: Uh, you know what? Seriously, man. I I, I told you know Henry Hudson that if if I'm there for that game, I might break into open weeping. I might be like tears running down my face because it's so unbelievable. that the most iconic franchise football league and you know obviously you know you can argue that but when you really sort it out it's the Packers and then everybody else in terms of recognition in terms of fan appeal in terms of you know that they travel better than anybody a 30 year wait on season tickets all kinds of ways to justify that comment but to think that we're gonna get a chance to see them on foreign soil. I mean, if, if you're a Packer fan, anywhere or anywhere in Europe, you gotta be in that stadium. To see those gold helmets in, in coming out of the tunnel, at Hotspur Stadium, I mean, that is gonna be an electric moment.
2: Jeff, I'm, I'm interested, I suppose, in, as a, as a coach who's been involved in the game for so long and so respected, how much stock do you put in the combine? Obviously, we we see it. It's great for the media. It's great for stories. But as a coach, do you pay much attention?
1: Well, here let me let me take a sip of my beer and then I'll get back to that one because that's about how much I care about the combine, right? I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna... Here's what's happened. The combine, once upon a time, was really really a valuable evaluative tool but what has happened now it's become basically um, a a made-for-tv event now that's not to say that you're not going to get information there but you're gonna test these guys you're gonna have personal workouts with them you're gonna have them to your place you're gonna go to their place you're gonna go to their pro days you're gonna poke prod do everything I think where there's value is obviously the medicals is really really important and then also what you can find out about them as you're around them because the players have become so skilled at the interview process let's say that you're my client and i know you're going to be interviewed you're going to the combine i'm going to spend a bunch of time with you to make sure we'll go through mock interviews we'll make sure that you look me in the eye that you do all the things that you're going to be evaluated on. And that may not even be you, but in that small, because they only get a very small time with these guys. I think it's 15 minutes. So that's why you hear about all these crazy questions that they get at the combine. Like, are you a dog or a cat? Right. The the reason for that is to try and get the kid off of his groove. Right. Because you they're so well-prepared when they go there because they know it involves money. Now, we watched the DB from Baylor run the fastest time, I think, second fastest time. Maybe John Ross ran the fastest. But you're talking about 4-2 something, which is ungodly fast. But who was talking about that kid before the combine started? Not very many people. Why? Because he didn't play at a level that – you know, It's not like he's a secret playing at Baylor and, you know, he he wore, you know, he wore a different number or he played under an assumed name. I mean, everybody's known the guy forever. Right. But all of a sudden he does that one thing and his stock goes through the roof and everybody's talking about him and how many balls did John Ross catch in his NFL career? Right. You know, he ran four two, and he might have caught forty two passes in his whole NFL career. And That's where you got to be careful about the, the, you know, the underwear Olympics is what I call it.
2: John Ross played for the Giants last year. Jeff, uh, one great touchdown, and then he went missing for the rest of the season. So,
1: he, hey, hey, that's his that's his M O. That's what yeah. he was like when he was at Washington. And Mark, see, that's the thing, right? There's information gatherers, and then there's scouts, right? Information gatherers go by times and heights and weights and, you know, things like that. But a real scout, he puts the tape on and he watches the player, right? And he watches him in all those different situations. When he's ahead, when he's behind, when he's against a good opponent, when he's tired, every every possible scenario that he's going to face at the next level. And even at that, it's still tough because the competition that he's playing with isn't anywhere near or against isn't anywhere near what he's going to face at the next level. Less Sneed, and I'm going to say this with some conviction, Les Snead has changed the dynamic now for how you build an NFL team because it used to be first-round draft choices, right? He said, uh-uh, take them. You take them. I want a first-round talent. I want a first-round player, right? look at the number of quarterbacks that have been taken in the first round in the in the last 15 years and the number of flame outs what the what the hit percentage is on on those guys now you got a chance to go get you know matthew stafford or russell wilson or one of these guys that's a proven commodity you can i'll give you three first rounders for that guy because it's probably going to take you three first rounders to find one of those guys
2: Jeff, uh, one quarterback now that seems to be on the merry-go-round is Carson Wentz. Twelve months ago, Frank Reich was going to fix him. Twelve months later, he's been—he's put him in the bin. Are you surprised that, was- that Washington Commanders have taken him back into the division?
0: Yeah,
1: that's a really, really difficult one to watch because I remember in 2017 I went to the Eagles' training camp, and and Doug Peterson had played quarterback for us, you know, in NFL Europe, so. I was talking to him on the sideline before practice and, and, and uh, you know, once jogged out of the top, you know, jogged out, out of the facility and, and, you know, I said, how do you like your young quarterback? And he goes, well, he said, he's a chunk of clay, but he's a pretty good chunk of clay, right? Meaning that he was, he was raw, he was underdeveloped, but the But what's happened is he's never really taken that step, right? And, you know, it, it fell apart on him in Philadelphia. Then Indianapolis brings him in with a promise of he's going to be the, you know, the guy that can put a good football team over the top. He'd have better talent around him, better offensive line, all that stuff. And he'd really be able to play. And in one season, one season, they say we've seen enough and they get rid of him. That, that doesn't bode well for his future in Washington or anywhere, really. I mean, now I'm, I'm rooting for the player because I always root for guys to, you know, have a comeback story, but, the, you know, the, the last two stops have not, you know, been good.
0: Jeff, just to finish off this introduction interview to our Paddy's Day special with Colin Marker Mark here and myself, tell me this, have you had any St. Patrick's Day uh, traditions in hawaii or canada or <laughs> london or wherever you are we all know you that you love the black stuff you know i don't, don't really put that I out there I, he doesn't like Guinness.
1: i actually i actually thought about ordering one and just having it sitting here so i make you happy but then i thought no i can't do that so i, I don't want to be i don't want to be um you know i, I don't want to be disingenuous about what i drink so Yes, I'm a logger guy. I'm not a I'm not a Guinness guy, but but I do I am a big St. Patrick's Day fan because any day that you can wear green is a good day. And any day that you can wear drink, green and drink beer all day with no consequence, that's even a better day.
2: Jeff, you are always a gentleman when you join us on this show. Uh, we always, always enjoy having you on. We want to wish you a happy Saint Patrick's Day, and uh, we look forward to uh, to catching up with you again in the not too distant future. We say the league is never boring, but every every single week it seems that there's a new a new story, a, a new development. Uh, you know, you have you have coffee with coach as well, which is tomorrow uh, we'll night. Go- Tomorrow night, it's going to go throughout the the off-season as well. But uh, you are always a big supporter of the Irish NFL show. So on our St. Patrick's Day special, it's only fitting that you are the league guest.
1: Slante, fellas. Slante.